Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here. Just want to give a quick introduction to this uh, interview today with Johnny Keith. Uh, John will go through the uh, introductions as far as how um, he grew up at Sinclair Shores and uh, went to Lakeshore for a little bit. Really got to know him um, a little bit when his brother still was a student here. Uh, knew of him, talked to him a little bit here and there. But Matt Hafner, who was another former student of mine, um, we interviewed Matt on the show Ooh, a couple weeks ago, and Matt definitely was so fired up uh, as far as our conversation goes, but he was also very excited for, he goes, you got to talk to Johnny Keith, and I'm so glad he said that, so big shout out to Matt Hafner for that. But uh, real quick introduction, obviously, um, it's one of those things I was thinking about this morning, getting ready for work, and how blessed I am and how grateful I am for these people in my life, and when I mean these people, it's the ones I get to hang out with day in and day out, and then I get the pleasure of still knowing them and still talking with them and still seeing them after they leave high school. Um, it, it's a very, very big plus to teaching. And uh, there's a lot of teachers out there that would probably agree with me that um, this is probably one of the big bonuses of this career, okay? As far as the people that come into your life and the value that they bring. And I keep learning from these, from these students. And, you know, they'll always be my students even though some of them are in their young 40s now, and uh, they have kids, and, 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 you know, I have kids of former students in the school now, and um, it's just it's amazing to see the blessings that these people bring to me, these students uh, and former students, and, and their friends now, and it's just amazing. So definitely sit back, enjoy. I have a lot of respect for, for John. I'm very happy for him and his soon-to-be wife. They're getting married here coming up soon. Uh, just a great, I can hear the enthusiasm and uh, excitement in his voice and I'm very excited for uh, uh, his future with his wife and uh, he's got great things coming and he's going to be a big difference maker which is another big plus uh, to have these people in my life so I just wanted to say thank you very grateful for all this sit back and enjoy the show see ya Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here back again with another special guest uh, on the other end of my line is Johnny Keith. Do you go by John or Johnny? Johnny's good. That works. Okay. Because sometimes it's a little kid name and then, hey, I'm older now, I'll go by John. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, when, John, I, when everyone feel, calls me John, I feel like they're scolding me. <laughs> I know what you're saying. My name's John, too. So as long as uh, my middle name is thrown in there, I, I definitely know I'm not in trouble. Um, so John came about to me. Uh, a couple different ways. Um, he's got uh, some connections to Lakeshore High School, where I've been teaching here for 25 years. And um, so I kind of remember him from there a little bit. But also, Matt Hafner, who was a guest on my uh, show uh, a few weeks ago, uh, has talked very highly about John and, and the great things that he's doing. So I definitely wanted to get him on the show to, to share some of the uh, lessons and some of the insights that he has on um, you know, living life and going after his dreams and goals and, and kind of just um, being fired up about things just like Matt was. And that's the conversation Matt and I had was, you got to talk to Johnny Keith. You got He's doing great stuff. He's the outdoors guy just like me. And, um, and just talking that's, with John here. That should here. be like your tagline of your show, by the way, fired up. 
fired up. It is something that, you know what, from a Central Michigan University guy that I am, I've been speaking that language my whole life about being fired up. So I think that I think I need to put that in a little bit more. That's going to be something I work on. Thanks for the good idea. So, John, welcome to the show, and uh, why don't you start off just by telling everybody where you're from and how you grew up and a little bit about the early years, if you can. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, and, and thank you to Mattis. He's going to listen to this. Uh, I really appreciate you recommending this to the show. I think it'll be a good opportunity to reach out to, you know, your listeners and maybe some, I don't know if current students from Lakeshore possibly listen to the show and share a little bit of my story. So I, I was, uh, um, I actually only went to Lakeshore for my freshman year, then I transferred to DLSL, but uh, I grew up in St. Clair Shores. And um, after, after high school, I went off to the University of Michigan, and I studied biopsychology, cognition, and neuroscience, wow. which is uh, <laughs> it's a pretty interesting uh, subdisciplinary of psychology. And from there, I, I actually, when I graduated, I always wanted to own my own business. Uh, I, I think I really was just studying something that had, you know, some applicability to um, you know, to, to the business world. So I felt psych sort of fit that bill. And uh, I went off and started a company in Detroit called Detroit Water Ice Factory with um, a family member of mine and uh, a group of people. And it's actually a, it's a nonprofit. Uh, I, I, did you ever hear about that, Coach Daly? I, I don't know if I've ever told you about that. You know what? No, I haven't. In fact, I'm, I'm looking for a little background information here on your Facebook page, <laughs> and I saw that on there. I heard a little bit about some kids talking about it years ago, that, that you're doing this great stuff. But, no, why don't you fill us in on, on how you get going with that? Yeah, so throughout high school, I would intern with, uh, with a family member's nonprofit organization. They run everything from uh, women and children's clinics that are entirely free. Um, mm. What else do they do? They do a, a cleanup project once a month in the city of Detroit. Uh, I used to volunteer periodically in Haiti. I would fly down after the earthquake and help do some rebuilding uh, with this organization. And so they were looking for ways to raise funds outside of just writing grants and uh, asking for donations. So they really follow the Newman Zone, if you're familiar with that brand, that model of business where every, every dollar that's put into that company um, or, that, or every, every amount of money that comes into the company is profit for the charities. So it's really just taking all the profits from a business and donating it back to a charity, which is a lot more sustainable than you know, having to ask for money from donors year over year. So that's what I did uh, my first, about for a year and a half outside of college. And uh, after a little while, I just got that itch to start my own company. So uh, I started a food truck and a catering company. It's called Crepe Gaitois. We do uh, French-style sweet and savory crepes. And I operate that business seasonally seasonally in Michigan. And it gives me the, you know, I'm very blessed to be able to travel uh, in the the off months, which are pretty much November through – through April, so I'll be headed back home. I'm actually in Colorado right now, finishing up wow. some fishing and uh, a little bit of hunting, and then I'll be I'll be headed home for uh, mid-April to start the season all over again. Holy cow! So now is do you, is there one truck? Is there more than one truck? And where do you go with with your business here in Michigan? Well, I mean, if there's anyone out there who ever wants to start their own business, just know year one is all about finding your market. Um, so I've I've served everywhere from uh, and I've seen our alumni at, uh, you know, their workplaces like factories and office spaces. But really right now what I focus on is the catering end of the business. These new events, these new public events called food truck rallies, if you ever hear of one of those, there was one in St. Yes. Shores last year. 
that my company was a part of. There's one in Grand Blanc in Ann Arbor, Detroit. They're all over the place. We, we do a lot of food truck rallies. And then really specifically, I do electronic music festivals. So I vend for uh, very large volume uh, venues where you got 50,000, 60,000 people a weekend. That's really what our target market is. So we travel a little bit, and uh, we, get to, we get to see a lot of cool shows. So it, it's been a great startup, and I'm very proud of it. Um, started it with my cousin and uh, my fiance. She deserves more credit than anyone because she puts up with me. But, uh, <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, but we. It's a lot of work, but it, it is very rewarding to run your own uh, company because you know if you want if you want that time off to explore another passion, maybe you want to start a, a different business. Then you know you're you're the one who makes that decision. So. I've really found a lot of reward in entrepreneurship, so I share that with Matt. Yeah, absolutely. The the fired upness, so to speak, that is great. That you have you have more than one, which is awesome. The the business entrepreneurship and your and the outdoorsman, um, boy, you, you definitely do have a supportive fiance if those two things you're involved in. That is fantastic. Just, um, just before so now, we, just before I hopped on the line, by the way, I sent you yeah. a text message and thanked her. So I, now oh, without now without a lot of gratitude, I really do appreciate her permitting me to do all this wild, you know, these wild things. That is awesome. Is she in uh, like a business area, or does she like the outdoors with you too? Yeah, actually, you know, Erica was a teacher. Uh, she yeah. taught for two years. One one year she taught in uh, Centerline District, and once mm-hmm. one year was in the Rochester School District. And uh, when I started this company, it was it kind of took off quicker than we expected, and we needed uh, another manager to sort of figure out the home so she she hopped in and uh she helps me run that company every bit of it i mean she she uh has taken on a lot of responsibility in that and then as far as the outdoors goes we both just just relished in the time off you know a time away from work because work can get really really busy really competitive in the summertime and then you know there's time where you need to recharge and you know maybe think about what's the next step so we were able to take a trip to patagonia uh in Argentina and Chile, right after our season ended in October, and we just both fell in love with the hiking and the fishing, and she's becoming a little outdoors woman, that's for sure. That is awesome. Holy cow. Yeah. It sounds like a life full of adventures, which is great. Um, yeah. Now, with you growing up in St. Clair Shores, and whether it was in school, um, you know, whether it was in sports or even family, was there a couple people that really kind of stand out as far as uh, difference makers in your life that encouraged you, helped you in some way? You got a couple people you could share as far as uh, the lessons you learned? Oh, from definitely. Them? Definitely. Well, I'd have to say my entire family, but my my uh, mother was a musician mm. and uh, a very, very, very talented musician and very passionate about what she did. So she was also an entrepreneur. She ran a, sort of a wedding business, and she privately contracted herself out to restaurants, restaurant groups. And uh, in a time where people were known for being failing musicians and you know starving artists, my mother was actually really successful in doing this. And so I kind of wa- got an opportunity to watch that passion and just watch her blossom and what she did. All the while, she was very ill. Uh, my mother was diagnosed with uh, a severe form of breast cancer when I was only two years old and she lived till I was 17 though so she lived with this for 15 years and just watching her persevere through what she did although I give her 
quite the ride, you know, kicking right. and screaming as a as a kid. But you know, she definitely played a huge role. Then, then also my father. My father was an attorney, uh, had his own practice, and I just watched that discipline every day. Uh, him just he he would just work like an animal, and that's really what's required in order to be great at anything. Uh, if you if you really want to take the time to be excellent or extraordinary at something, it just comes with a lot of time. Uh, and my dad did that. So that, and then my brothers, you know, my brother Daniel, also Lakeshore alum, he's an attorney now. Daniel just graduated uh, a couple years, now it's a couple years from the University of Minnesota Law School, and uh, he's practicing law in Michigan. Very, very proud of him, and my brother Michael as well. Just, uh, he's he's inspired me as far as family goes. He's a great father. So I have a great family, you know. That is awesome. It sounds like it. That's fantastic. Uh, anybody outside the family that uh, also shared in some of uh, getting you going in the right direction and helping you out? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, I had really strong influences by, <laughs> I, I imagine they're never going to hear this, and I wish they could because, you know, they they both really have affected me. But And I won't even say their names, but, uh, okay, you know, I had a couple entrepreneurs. Uh, they were friends, uncles, or fathers, mm-hmm. and... I watched what they did for themselves and I just watched their approach to life and how when they were hungry, they just went and got it and they didn't make excuses. They didn't complain. Mm. And they just always seem to have that humility that's required. You know, you can never think that you've done enough or that you are, that you've, you know, you're sort of, I don't know, adequate already because there's always work. There's always room to improve. And that's the biggest mistake I think people make is they just get lazy, and these people didn't do that. So those are, you know, just friends, family. It's usually always been people who are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it amazing the people that come into your life, and then I think it's magical to know in the moment when you're with them that they're making a huge difference, and you're able to thank them and, and talk to them about things. But obviously I think it's pretty valuable, too, later on to recognize it, too, uh, and, and if you can ever reach back and thank those people. But it sounds like you've had a, you've had a blessed life so far of having great people. I could, go, I could go on and on. I mean, I have just aunts and uncles and uh, just people who really inspire me. So it's, it's not hard when you have that much inspiration. You know, you just look at what the people that you are, you know, surrounding yourself with, extract the qualities that you like from them and sort of build your character on that because, you know, that's, that's really what you do is you, I know you take this person, person's work ethic and that person's humility, and this person's grace, and uh, you combine that and then you're all of a sudden a, uh, you're a full Frankenstein human being. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. And that, that's the old adage of success leaves clues, you know, to where, you know, you, you watch who you surround yourself with, you watch what's going on in your life, and you pick up here and there of the things that work. And uh, that is just magical. That Everybody listen to this. I hope you got some pen and paper where you're going to rewind this a little bit because Johnny's given us some – it's almost like a course that he's given us right now on, on success, which is, which is something I just love. Um, so being – and I'm looking again. I'd look back onto, onto your page here. Biopsychology and cognitive neuroscience. How the heck did you combine that with business uh, as far as the, the ideas for wanting to do both of these areas? And when did this happen? When did this start well, clicking for you? We could do a nice transition and to hear about, you know, struggles and failures as well because that, that was next. Was not, yeah, it sounds like there's going to be a lot with some of this. <laughs> truthfully, that was not my first choice. You know, that okay. sounds like something that somebody defaults to after 
uh, you know, missing out on an opportunity. I, I actually went to uh, Michigan for, for pre-med courses. Oh, wow. Uh, I took a, took a lot of really intensive biology and chemistry courses, and uh, I really wasn't doing well in them. And when I went and met with an advisor as a sophomore already, and I just said, shoot me straight, what's my prospect of getting into a med school? They were like zero in the United States, zero. <laughs> and I didn't have that bad of, uh, you know, marks. So I really just, I went back, I was devastated. That was my whole plan. I, I think I wanted to be a physician because both my parents were, you know, ill at one point. I had an opportunity, I mean, I got an opportunity to take care of my mother in the end stages of her life. And it really inspired me and made me want to practice medicine. So I was kind of devastated. That was my idea of what I wanted to do when I went into college. And uh, I ended up being told basically by an advisor that, yeah, that's not really a possibility anymore. So I went home, uh, I went back to my dorm room, and uh, one of my friends came over, and I printed out all the majors in the LSA college at the University of Michigan that would be not that difficult for me to, you know, uh, finish with the courses that I had already taken. I flipped a coin and it la- on the floor of all the pages, and it landed on biopsychology, cognition, and neuroscience. So... If that that's any awesome. indication of my impulse, that's that's the kind of human you're dealing with today. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is that is an awesome awesome story. And it's but yours. you know what? I I, I, I went and I took the first course, and for you know maybe that's destiny because I really the first course I took I was like, wow, I, I'm actually interested in this material, and my marks were much better in those courses. So I graduated, uh, you know, 2015, and that's very surprising. I, I nearly left. I nearly left college. I was, I was really, uh, it, I was itching to get out and to do something, to make a difference, to, to start a company, to be a part of something bigger. So, uh, luckily, I had some family members, and really, it was my future father-in-law. I'm getting married in May, and uh, he was like, "You're not quitting. You're finishing school." You, I had four credits left, and I, I'm not even kidding. I was going to drop out, and he said, "Absolutely not. Just finish your finish your college. You know, this is just a it's a feeling of accomplishment. You know, it's closing a door, not leaving something open." And so I did it, and I am very proud of that. That I at least finished something that I didn't want to do, but that's that's life. Sometimes you do things that you don't want to do in order to uh, to accomplish something. That is amazing. That is awesome. Congratulations, by the way, too. May is a fantastic month to get married. My wife and I will be, boy, 28 years coming up uh, this May. So May 25th is our anniversary. So great time of year. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully the weather will get better here because right if you're getting married in Michigan now, it would be a little bit touchy, but uh, I think it's going to be nicer for you hopefully uh, coming up next No, week. we're at, we're actually going uh, – we're doing a little bit of a destination wedding, and we're going to ah. the Dominican Republic. Nice, nice. Yeah. That, and you should be all set. That is awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so that is amazing how – does your father-in-law know, your future father-in-law know what an impact he had on you as far as with that advice? Have you told him? Oh, uh, you know what? That's a good point. I don't think I have shared that with him. But if I did, he would just say, I told you so. I told you so, you know? <laughs> that is cool. Man, that is yeah. awesome. So, yeah, getting out of your getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, uh, for an entrepreneur and somebody who um, is kind of, you know, doing things on their own, you're blazing your own trail, so to speak. Um, how, how difficult has that been for you? Like you said, you get to travel now, uh, which is, I think, great. Uh, but getting out of your comfort zone and, Obviously, brick walls are popping up all over the place, uh, get, and kind of uh, get through them, go under them, go around them, go over them. Uh, obviously, the college stuff. Has there been some other things that you've had to overcome while you're getting out of your comfort zone and, and kind of trying to figure out life and going in a great direction? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely would say uh, first for people who are looking to ever start their own company or, or you know, to start a charity or whatever, you're just, while you're sitting down and doing the planning stages, that is a great, that's a great period to sort of bolster your beliefs and, and prepare and get ready because once you actually start to work on these things, it's like you said, just, you know, boundaries and obstacles that just erect themselves all around you and you feel trapped and, like, you can't even start. And a lot of people just quit uh, before they even got going because of capital restraints or because they don't have the connections or the licensing or the uh, insurance, you know. But really, it's just a matter of not taking no for an answer and just saying, I'm going to get this done. Uh, and, and that's what it takes to bring, a, you know, a, a dream to life is, is a really, you know, an attitude that's never quit, never stopped. So um, that's something that I faced for sure when starting my first company was uh, it was a lot more expensive than I thought, <laughs> and uh, I don't think I I don't think I budgeted accordingly. But another thing I was going to say that you know I mentioned to you previously was uh, I actually had a, a, a little bout with um, a pretty long bout with addiction. And it's not something that I'm, uh, you know, afraid to talk about because it's very common now. And it's, it was not really well, you know, well known, at least in my family or in my household, uh, about this, this stuff. But it begins at adolescence. You learn just coping mechanisms, and mine were poor. And I did have a lot of tragedies surrounding me when I was a child. I mean, like I said, I lost my parents. Uh, you know, my household wasn't necessarily most stable. Um, and these, these things are sort of precursors for substance abuse. And so by the time I had made my way off to college, I had no parents, no supervision. Uh, I was already starting to dabble in, in just prescription pills and uh, alcohol. And people, they sort of dismiss that as, oh, everyone's doing it. And they, just, they make those justifications for it. And what I found out uh, is that there's a lot of people who have a lot of passion who misplace that in the wrong things. And that's what I did. And it took me down the path for about 10 years. Um, and I was 23 when I, I think I was 23. Yeah, I'm 25 now. So it's going to be two years completely sober in May. And once I did that, I'll just be truthful with everyone that's out there. Like once I stopped the case for me, it may not be the case for you that once I rid myself of that lifestyle, I really just doors started opening up all around me and not just, not just like, Oh, things happen for a reason. And, you know, really, you know, gooey soft story after I stopped things are still difficult but uh like I said opportunities are a lot more clear than they have ever been uh with my eyes open and I feel like a lot of people have that filter over them where if they're using drugs or they're using alcohol you know maybe it's just the weekend maybe it's just Friday Saturday but you know what people who are extremely successful and extremely passionate are doing on Friday and Saturday they're working towards their dream you know they're working towards their goal and uh, and Sunday, it's just every day of the week. You got to be a workhorse. So that's what I learned, and it saved me a lot of money as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot of pluses for people out there who might be, uh, you know, struggling with with anything like that. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I have a great network of people that I kind of have been working with for the last couple of years who may be able to help. If you have a brother or a sister, cousin, mom, dad, it doesn't matter to me. Coach Daly is going to post my Facebook. I'm sure after this on his website, which I don't mind, and you can feel free to contact me about that because if there's anything I'm really passionate about, it's making sure people sort of get on the right path. 
That is awesome. That you know, not only are you going in a great direction for yourself and and uh, you know your future wife and family, but but you're willing to turn around and reach back and, and help other people. Uh, and that's 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 the awesome thing about um, you know true difference makers. And it sounds like you are one already. So is the best place to contact you, John, on Facebook, or is there another uh, area that you'd like to share right now as far as uh, people getting in touch with you? Yeah, my Facebook. Uh, I think it's just Facebook.com backslash maybe Johnny Keith. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head, but that'd be a great way. If you send me a message, I'm pretty responsive. Uh, or if you want to contact us through the company at all, that's uh, Crepe de Trois on Instagram. So at Crepe de Trois or uh, Trois Day on Twitter or um, www.facebook.com backslash Crepe C R E P E Day D A Y T W A H Crepe de Trois. So those are, those are some good ways to get a hold of me. Good deal. I'll put both those on uh, the show notes of this of this podcast. Now, also, um, Matt told me. Now you're out in Colorado now, but Matt told me you're you're working on like is it another project? Uh, the, you know, this Facebook channel or some of these adventure things that you are doing? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I have not monetized this yet or created it that uh, made it into a business, but right. um, that's kind of sometimes before you you know. Before you make things uncool by charging people for it, you got to figure out yeah. what you're doing. So right now, I'm really just t- trying to film content for a YouTube channel that I'm starting. Uh, the first episode is probably going to debut in the middle of April, uh, and it's just giving me an interesting opportunity to. I- I've never done this before. I've never edited or had to voice over or done anything in the media or digitally. I'm really not that computer savvy, so I like it because it's just challenging me and pushing me in a different direction. And uh, like yesterday, I just was able to send over all our footage from a Colorado fly fishing episode to an editor in uh, in New York, and they are starting to pour over the footage and start to you know make sense of all this. And I, you know they have a million questions for me, and I don't have any answers, but I kind of like that because <laughs> I just need to you know I just need to I need to learn more. And that's the one thing too I will say to people if they are still tuned in after all my rambling. Is, it's, it's, you should always continue to learn, and you, know, you never know enough. You know, you learn until the day they put you in the ground. So uh, don't, yeah, don't think that it's, you know, you can just do one task and, and, or do one job and be complete in life. You should be learning from your spouse. You should be learning from your passions or whatever, you know, your work, whatever it is. You should always be a student. That is awesome. That's great, and it's amazing. I'm just going over my head here about you're 25 years old, about to get married, and you have this outlook already that many adults uh, throughout life never find themselves, um, you know, connecting with. And it's just uh, I, it's something I try and get my students to do, um, you know, my basketball players, anybody that will listen, um, even my own kids, which sometimes is difficult to, uh, to, <laughs> to have, you know, the, to remove the parent from me and, and be the, you know, the teacher, the coach, the, the fired-up one. Um, but that, that is something, boy, the sooner you get a hold of that, the fact of, you know what, just keep learning. Just keep having something to get up for every single day. Uh, and hopefully it's a job that you enjoy doing, you know, and uh, that's the way to make a successful life. And you just hit it right on the head. That is fantastic advice. Um, so with your upcoming wedding, how excited are you? <laughs> I'm more excited for that than any of the things we've talked about already. Uh, I, I've been married in my heart to, to Erica, my fiance, for longer than – you know, then we've even been engaged. It was uh, she's been so supportive through the things that other people would just walk away from, and mm-hmm. and uh, I feel 
like I under that same support. So we're we're really a team. So I'm I'm really really excited to get married. You know what what it really is is we have 41 people coming to our wedding, and uh, we're we're getting them to go somewhere that they probably otherwise wouldn't go. And we're just gonna we're we're gonna have an experience together, and just being there and with your family those are mo- those are the moments are that are really important. And when you're running around and making making crepes or you know teaching your students, those are the things you forget. Is is uh, that stuff's all really trivial compared to the time you get to spend with the people that you love. So I'm really really looking forward to getting married. To answer that question, man, that is awesome. I can and if you're I know that you're fired up about you know what you're doing with your business and uh, and the upcoming outdoor stuff. To hear that you're even more fired up uh, for your upcoming wedding, number one is the right answer because I know Eric. This. <laughs> but number yeah, Eric, two, Eric has, Eric has got a gun to my head right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let go of my arm. Uh, but right right now, you guys are, are starting off great because um, obviously you are so so supportive of each, of each other um, and helping each other go after dreams and goals that you can do together. Uh, that is yeah, really, pe- pe- really people special. see us and they're kind of amazed. I mean, I have family members who, you know, there's time there's time for work, and so there's a little separation between you and your spouse, and uh, then you guys come together at the end of the day, maybe maybe break bread, have a meal, and uh, you know restart the day the following day. But Erica and I. We are together, you know, a lot. 95% of the time we work together, we travel together, uh, we live together. So people are really amazed when they look at our relationship. Like, you guys don't get sick of each other? I'm like, no, I really, really, really do love this woman, and I'm really proud to, to be able to, uh, to be getting married to her in May. And I'm not just saying that to make you blush out there, all, the, all those women that listen to the Coach Daily podcast. <laughs> Well, I don't know how many there are, but there's there's a good number in a few different all, countries all too. Ten so of you. Yeah, I'll tell you, you're spreading some good advice. Uh, hopefully for the men out there too that uh, are listening to this, as far as um, you know priorities. And I got the little bullet point notes here. The the importance of relationships. That's what I'm really seeing throughout um, life and you know leadership. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um, and it seems like you got a great handle on that. I gotta ask. You seem very, very confident. Were you always like that growing up? No, that's, a, that's such a good, that's a really good question. I actually, I, I was just watching something yesterday with Erica. It was a show, oh, oh you know, there's a new documentary out on Netflix that was called Take Your Pills. It was about the new Adderall craze in the country. And I'm really drawn to, you know, literature or videos, anything that has to do with this because I've gone through this. And I'm watching these kids, they're 21 years old, or even younger, and they're, they're talking about how maybe Adderall will improve their grades, or it gives them that jolt of energy, or it makes them, uh, you know, gives them a feeling of, uh, you know, they're grandiose. So we're watching this, and I just finally looked at Erica, and I'm 25, I'm not going to try to act like I'm wise or anything, but I looked at her, and I'm like, you know, I finally realized how scared younger people can be sometimes, and how transparent that is. Uh, and it's really, really hard to see when you're young because you walk around, you may have bravado or, you know, some swagger, but truthfully, it's so obvious, you know, how scared younger people can be in this scary world. It's also, it's, it's, as, it's as competitive as it's ever been uh, in the workplace. Uh, there's so many societal pressures on you to succeed and be, you know, uh, you know be wealthy, be, be in the spotlight. And uh, really the qualities worth bragging on are the ones you hardly see anymore, uh, like humility and, 
and uh, like you know, we were just talking about caring for your family, being around like that. No one values those things, so they're becoming you know vestigial characteristics. And and uh, no, I was not always this confident. If I looked back at myself as I walked through the halls of Lakeshore High School, uh, I would have probably just like uh, Mr. Frost, you know, grabbed me by the neck and said, "What are you doing? You, you know, you're silly. You stop stop trying to impress everyone." <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's true. You're just you're a kid. you don't you don't know any better. Um, but that's a that's a stage and that's a part of life too. Is people have to figure out how to confront their their fears and whether that you know those are fears of inadequacy or uh, you know there's a million there's a million things people are scared of. But no, I wasn't always as confident. Baseball really gave me that mm. um, because I tr- I don't know if there's anyone out there who's you know really competitive in, in, uh, that, in, in the world of, uh, you know, baseball or football or anything like that. But my brother and I really traveled all over the country from when I was 10 until I was about 16 years old. Uh, and I paid, played at an ultra, ultra competitive level. And uh, I, I learned that you sort of need, the sport demands the confidence of you. And if you don't have it, people don't take you seriously. Uh, scouts don't pay attention to you. So... It kind of breeds a little bit of cockiness, you know. Yeah, in some people's eyes, and then in your, it's more of a, hey, this is who I am. You're not, you know, I'm going up against you. I'm going to take, I'm going to beat you, you know. And some people view <laughs> yep. it as cockiness. Um, I don't know if you're a golf fan. If you watch the the Masters with Patrick Reed. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a, a negative view of him, and I, I love the guy from the standpoint of just his guts, and you know, nobody's perfect, and you know, all these people that are taking shots at him and take shots at, at people that are successful, you know, there's a reason they are successful because they worked hard, you know. And granted, we all got dark things in our closets and stuff, but at the same time, to keep going out there and, and taking on these people and knocking them down. But you're right, that confidence can rub people the wrong way, but it doesn't matter, does it? it because you know it's the right thing in your heart. And, uh, boy, the whole baseball thing got me thinking about, and I'm sorry to keep going on here, but... Uh, no, 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 I, I have time, you're fine. This is good. Uh, were, were you ever looking at, you know, taking your baseball career into college or getting drafted or anything? Did you have aspirations of playing, you know, beyond high school? Well, you know, when, when uh, I was young, that, uh, that was really the only thought in mind as we were traveling around. And my dad was spending a fortune to, to sort of send me and my brother to – I lived in Alabama, actually, when I was 13, and Georgia when I was 14 through 15 uh, throughout the summers. I would I would just leave Michigan and I would go stay with one of my coaches or one of my teammates, and uh, the, the, those players sort of all went on to become uh, professional athletes. So yeah, at the time I really did expect that of myself. But my dad passed away when I was 14, and that changed a lot for me because he was really the driving force behind my baseball career. And uh, when he was gone, I just didn't have that that push that you kind of need. You need somebody to be in your corner, uh, you know. Uh, pushing pushing the scouts in your direction. I mean, this is true. This is a world of really, like I said, ultra-competitive, you know, youth baseball is a world of, you know, who do you know and and uh, just kind of lobbying scouts while you're at these tournaments. Um, yeah. So, yeah, at one point I really did think that I would at least play at a college level. My brother Daniel and I kind of look at each other sometimes when we talk about not either one of us not having played baseball in college. And we just laugh because we, my dad would just be rolling, <laughs> rolling over in his grave about that because he really, really wanted us. To. But you can't become what your parents want you to become. You, you sometimes mm-hmm. you just become what you know you were supposed to be without 
without any push or any pressure. So Daniel and I were both really, really serious students, though. Um, <laughs> you know, people kind of laughed at it when we were in uh, high school sometimes, like how serious you would take this stuff. But we knew that, you know, it made, it made a difference, not just in where you went or where you ended up working, but just that work discipline, that work ethic, waking up every day. And uh, that's really important. Like you said, no one wants to talk about how, how hard people who are successful work. They just yeah. want to look at the, they want to look at the, you know, the results. Yep, yep. They just want to judge the people there on on, on the world's biggest stage. You know, on these big events, and you know, oh, they all must oh, must be nice, must be easy. Oh, I can't believe he said that or did that. Well, wait a minute. You don't know where he where he came from and all the work he did and what he overcame. And uh, is there? I think I kind of know the answer to this, but would you go back and change anything, John? As far as up to fourteen. You know, if you had a magic you know, wand, would would you change anything? Um, the things I would, the things I would change would be just, you know, I, I, I wasn't the best son sometimes to my either of my parents, um, and I feel I do feel bad, especially to my mom. And I feel bad about that, but I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't learn any of those lessons. So my answer to that is no. I, I don't think you should have any desire to change the past or. You shouldn't have any regret. You should really be focusing on this present moment and what's ahead of you, rather than looking looking back, because that's not you know that's not a something that you can change. So I, I really am trying to. I, I have a really difficult time living in the present because I'm always living in the future. My brother is very pensive. He's always thinking about the past. Both of my brothers and uh, I. We just try to have to live in the now. You know, live in this moment, and because you're not guaranteed you know, tomorrow, and you don't get to hold on to yesterday. So you just have this moment and opportunities like this, just being able to come on a podcast, talk to an old teacher and friend, and being able to exchange ideas. Maybe there's people listening that might benefit from it. That's what, that's what life is about. It's not about, it. yeah, trying to capture something that's, you know, already come and gone. Yeah, you know what, uh, Dr. Jeff Lip. I hope you're listening to this. Um, he, he hammers on that point all the time about, living in the moment and and the stuff he's been through uh which are some of my earlier podcasts um he it's definitely hammered home to him that he has to be in that living in that moment he's helped me to try and do that more of that this conversation with you is helping me it's just amazing and again folks everybody listening to this remember this is a 25 year old talking all right he seems like he's up there in the, in the early 50s with me this wisdom that he's spewing and he he even understands it's not wisdom it's just his experiences the people he's been with He's just sharing this stuff, which is just fantastic. Because, you know, John, I know you'd be the first one to say, hey, I didn't come up with this stuff. This is stuff <laughs> yeah. that's been oh, through. I know. You know, I'm just sharing, and it's just wonderful that you're sharing this. This is outstanding. Yeah, uh, well, any well, final thoughts here before, we, before yeah. we wrap this up? And I hope we are able to do this again. And Matt Hafner, I hope you're listening to this too, buddy. We're going to get you guys together and uh, hopefully have a, a good chat over coffee or something and obviously have another show together too. But, yeah, John, any final thoughts as we wrap things up today with this fantastic visit? Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate, you know, an opportunity just to talk to somebody because, uh, you know, this is therapy for me as well, just being able to, uh, you know, talk about my past, present, where I'm headed. And I really appreciate you having me on. And, and the last thing I will kind of, close with is, you know, don't let fear ever get in your way of, of uh, you know, succeeding because that's the, that's the thing that's the biggest obstacle for people is at the root of all of it, I don't have enough money or it's going to take too much time. It's really just fear. So if you overcome that with your passion, 
and uh, get obsessed about what you really want. So hopefully it's something positive. Um, yep. Then, then, then that's that's going to lead you in the right direction. So that's all I have for you, and I really appreciate it again for uh, you you having me on. You are very welcome. It's been my pleasure too. And that that lesson that you just talked about fear. I've had that um, repeated to me a few times over the last few weeks with some guest speakers in my leadership class and some things that we're watching. Um, and again, that old adage, lesson repeated until lesson learned. And so I, I am still learning these things, and I, I do thank you for uh, sharing um, these valuable lessons uh, with me and everybody that's listening. And uh, I hope everybody got a lot out of this. I know I did. I'm, I'm just so fired up. My mind's going in a few different directions right now. <laughs> Same thing with after I got off with Matt. You know, we, we were just like, oh, my God, I'm so fired up. And it just really transfers uh, your passion for what you want to do, John, is uh, definitely um, infectious. And I think we need more people doing that. So thank you very much for being here. All right, thank folks. You. Hey, this, this is Coach John Daly signing off. Another great interview. So, um, so blessed to have these people around that, you know, connected to connected and connected. And, you know, Lakeshore produces so many great kids. Um, and I hope everybody understands that. And wherever you're at, I hope that's doing. I hope you realize it's the same where you are. Okay, whatever school you went through, whatever experiences you have, there's people out there that have helped you. And turn around to help somebody else too. That's that's what this is all about. Is hopefully finding these uh, success puzzle pieces that are out there all over the place. Just like John said, success leaves clues. Find those things. You know, bolster your own tool belt with these success puzzle pieces that make you better, and that way you can help other people too. That's what it's all about. All right, folks. Hey, this is Coach John Daly signing off. We'll talk again soon. See you.